Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. Welcome to Flow Space. I'm Jerrica. I'm Deandra. Awesome. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Same. Nice to meet you, Alex. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm 21. I live in Miami. I'm a consultant, entrepreneur, influencer, um, where basically my intentions are to just provide value to people um, by showing them and telling them the things that are really relevant in uh, today's world, which is really hard to find with all the censoring. So my intentions are basically just to help people become aware of what's really going on. Nice. And where did that journey begin for you? Um, probably when I was really like not in a good mental place when I was in college. So I was going to college and I wasn't really sure why I was just doing it to please other people like my parents and my friends. And it led me down like a very unhappy, unfulfilled path. So I dropped out one day with no plan. I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, but I just believed in myself and my ability to adapt. So I dropped out and instead of learning the curriculum, which is shoved down everyone's throats, I told myself I was going to learn what I thought was relevant. So self-educated on financial literacy, spirituality, um, energy, neuroscience, psychology. So I just took the time to learn all these things myself rather than in a narrow path that school provides you. And then I started just posting my thoughts for a long time and here we are. Nice. And where do you intend to go with what you're now offering? That's a great question because I'm still unclear on it because my I, you can't really predict the future too much. You know, it's like you can try, but like life throws so much curveballs at you. So I have a general idea. Uh, I want to create enough content uh, for people to consume for a long time and always have things to come back and look at. I'm just constantly be posting things as I'm learning. But by the time I'm like 30, so 2030, I want to be in the middle of like nowhere, like Idaho, Montana, have like a property that's self-sufficient so I don't have to rely on the government to, you know, <laughs> weed <know>. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And something, because I've watched your content, that's what made us reach out to you. I think it's really great reminders. It's always like hitting exactly like what I find like I need to be reminded of in a moment. So when you are inspired to create your content, where does that inspiration come from? Is it something like you're just creating based on what you learn or do you receive like a little nudge like, OK, let's do this? I've just uh, pretty much stopped forcing creativity into my life uh, and I'll, I allow it to flow through me. So whenever whenever I start pressuring myself to be creative, I, I, I don't make good videos. So I I just kind of let go of that pressure I always have on myself and like allow good ideas to come to me. So I can, I can be doing anything, swimming, reading, 
and I'll just be like, oh shit, that's a. I could talk about that for ten minutes. So it usually just comes out of nowhere. It's like being in the flow and receiving it. Exactly. Exactly. Allowing allowing everything to just kind of move through you. Yeah. Do you feel that you have a connection? Like, do you believe in intuition and have a connection with your own intuition? A hundred percent. And people ask me all the time, how do they tap into that? And it's kind of really hard to teach someone how to tap into their own intuition. Um, but definitely because there will be times where I'm like talking on something like this, where I'm, I'm saying things that I'm not even thinking about. I'm just completely channeling them. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely. <laughs> when did you, when do you, you feel that started for you? How were you able to develop it to now utilize it as a tool? It's it's one of those things that I feel like I've always been pretty intuitive. Like when I was a kid, I would always be like, my dad would tell me like, you can't always do what you want. And I'd be like, why? It makes no sense. Because um, it's my life, you know, like why, why would I not do what I want? So I've, in a sense, always been intuitive. Uh, but it, I think it really came to me when I had to drop out of college because like I just felt this crazy intuitive feeling that this wasn't right for me. So once I trusted that feeling and went with what the universe was kind of nudging me to do, I opportunities kept falling into place. Yeah, and I always find that that's kind of a similar experience for many people who do follow their intuition. It's like you jump into this space of the unknown, not knowing what the next moment's going to bring you. And then you, you're kind of like rewarded by the universe. You're just on a level of receiving and receiving because you're giving and you're trusting in that moment. Yeah, I definitely feel like it always rewards courage. Yeah. And one of your videos, um, you speak about how the future doesn't exist and you have to give 110% in this very moment to get what you want. How did you begin practicing that? Like, how did you come to that realization? That's, that's still hard. That's very hard. Uh, but the, the book, The Power of the Now, The Power of Now, with a combination of like psychedelics, like the combo of those two things just fell into my life at like such a, it couldn't be coincidental moment where I'm like, how the fuck do these two things happen at like the same time? You know, like what? <laughs> Uh, so just that book really woke me up to that the only real thing is like right this second um, because I used to have like a bunch of anxiety over the past and the future and then like once I read that book I realized there's no reason to because it doesn't exist like there's no there's no point yeah um, I've read that book as well and I agree like that was one of the most monumental um, shifts for me in the way I think about worrying about the future and everything is really the present moment. That's really all we have. Mm-hmm. It's, and it allows you to appreciate life a lot more when you, when you can tap into that. Yeah, because I find like when tapping into that, you kind of have to release that detachment of kind of the wants that you have for the future or like all of these ideas that you want to create for your reality, because that's really taking you out of creating the reality in this very moment. It's quite a conundrum. Yeah. (laughs) So having implemented these philosophies into your life, how have they impacted your everyday life? It, it, uh, yeah, it's a great question. It allows me to feel like I'm here for a reason, you know, rather than just 
when I was going to like college, I'd wake up every day and just kind of question like, what am I doing here? Like, why am I doing this? But implementing all of these things, like finding my purpose, finding something to work on that's bigger than just my ego and myself um, while doing this all by being in the moment, it allows me to enjoy life from a totally different way that once was non-existent when I was unaware and just kind of letting life push me in a direction rather than being intentional and creating my own. Um, so it's it's like a breath of fresh air once you kind of detach from the old, uh, I don't know, rat race, I guess you could call it, where you're just kind of doing things because you, you feel like you have to, and then you take a step back and you do things because you want to. Yeah. That's so beautiful because I feel that a lot a lot of people can resonate with the concept of the rat race and feeling like, you know, we have to go, 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 even when the inspiration isn't there to do so. Mm -hmm. um, so speaking on your purpose, do you have any advice for someone who may be unclear on what that is for themselves and how they can figure out what it is? And yeah, also I just to add before you answer that, like to elaborate, like with that question, um, how you recognize that what you were doing wasn't what you wanted to be doing. Like it was either to fulfill ego or to satisfy your parents or, you know, like all these expectations that weren't true to you. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like, I feel like you can really just feel it, you know, like at college, I could just feel like there was so much resistance towards all of these things, like math, homework, all of these things where I was just like, dude, this fucking sucks. Like to the point where I was having to get other people to do it for me. And like, obviously if I'm delegating work that I don't want to do, like, obviously I don't want to do it. So I was like, why am I even here in the first place? Um, and I found my purpose really just by asking myself really critical questions that I don't think people give themselves enough time to answer. So it's like, who do I want to become? What do I want to be remembered as? What makes me truly feel alive? What can I add to the world? But the most important one is definitely asking yourself, who do I want to become? All right. Just so you can get an idea of like other people living a life that you could see yourself living. And then once you have some sort of general direction, you just develop a, uh, a vision around that direction. And you, you just make a plan on how you're going to make that happen. And if you don't give up, there's there's no way you don't succeed. And how do you combat, um, let's say, like doubt or fear? when thinking and visualizing this life that you want for yourself? Because I find that like based on societal expectations or things that we're programmed to believe as we grow, um, doubt and fear can easily creep into the mind. Yeah, it's just, I still get fearful about like saying the wrong things and like people trying to cancel me and shit because we live in a very like soft world. Um, but I just, I just try not to let fear jurisdict any of my decisions uh, because there's a great quote that goes you don't have to be fearless you just can't let fear stop you um and i pretty much always lived by that like since since high school i'd jump off big cliffs jump off bridges and i'd be scared but the, the feeling of doing it afterwards is so rewarding and that goes with pretty much everything in life like the things you're most scared to do are the most rewarding and that's just something you got to remind yourself and always uh stay true to yourself and think and say what you want to say regardless of what repercussions might come if it's true to you 
Yeah, I love that quote. Um, it's something Deandra and I, like, whenever we're in a moment of fear and we don't want fear to stop us, we'll be like, what are you afraid of? And we'll just, like, hype ourselves up, like, yeah. to get over the fear. Because <laughs> you can be fearful, but it's that letting the fear stop you and overcoming it. Because, yeah, after you do whatever you were scared of, you feel so good. Yeah. With everything. Especially with college. College was a perfect example. I, uh... I was so scared to do it. Like I was literally like pacing around my little dorm room and I'm like, Oh my God, Oh my God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then I finally did it. And it's just like this giant weight is lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. And I feel that that's such a relatable um, topic for so many people because we're expected to go to college and we're expected to do this whole linear structure that's put upon us. And sometimes it doesn't resonate with us. You know, I went to school, I finished and I don't even work in the field that I got my degree. So it was like I waste, to me, I know that I don't waste anything, but I do feel like those years I could have been doing something way more rewarding for myself. Not even college, but like like all of school, like elementary school. I mean, I can't, I mean, maybe junior high, high school, there's not really much that stuck with me other than social skills. But even if school wasn't a thing, I still would have socialized. And I wouldn't have spent my time seven hours a day sitting in a place trying to concentrate on things that had no relevance. Yeah. And I feel like it, that's part of like our programming because we're being trained to be sitting still for a certain amount of time, being taught the same way, even if we don't learn that way. It's like, no, you're going to do this. And if you don't learn it, then like you're a bad student or so many things. It's part of our programming. Yeah, it's horrendous. It's really horrendous. But it it seems like... We're headed towards the direction of a lot of people waking up to it. Uh, but hopefully we can just outsmart their uh, their agenda. Yeah, yeah, I have faith that that's, that is what's happening. You know, the light always shines brightest. Um, so when you're combating, um, Butter said, like having this content out there that you share with others who may be combating things within themselves and that your content inspires them. How has that been received in terms of like hearing feedback from others? It's crazy, really. Um, I'm incredibly blessed uh, that people actually internalize the things that I say and that there's people out there that really value it because I'm just a person like everybody else but the fact that people listen to me is something that I'll never take for granted um and I do like run into people all the time where they'll like come up to me and say like yo you're actually making a difference like it's crazy and it's like I'm a human so there are days where I need to hear that so it's 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 been it's been received pretty well for the most part there's obviously controversial issues that I talk about where it's going to offend people, but like saying the truth isn't always going to be like sunshine and rainbows. What, if you mind sharing, like what can be a controversial issue that some people might be offended by? Like the health of the average American. Yeah, <laughs> it's when people start hearing the truth. That that's when, and that's when they start to get really, really, once you start bringing up food is when people get really pissed. Yeah. Why do you feel that is? Because people don't like change and people like being comfortable and the people don't want to change their lifestyle or take responsibility for the conditions that they're in most of the time. Um, they're looking for something outside of themselves to blame 
a majority of people anyway like yeah there's there's yeah yeah so what is your take on health and food i think that just by being aware mindful and intentional it, it's 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 not hard to be a healthy individual right like like being conscious of how much you're moving a day I mean, if you're like eating in proportion to how much you move a day, like you shouldn't, there, you like, I don't think there's really a reason to be overweight, like tremendously overweight. It's just the people that kind of let go of themselves, then look for a reason outside of themselves. But some people, there's obviously always outliers that have valuable or reasonable excuses, but if you just learn to become aware of like the matrix and what what they want you to become, then you'll wake up to the fact that they they want you to have a lower and weakened immunity so that you're more prone to illness and that you become a diabetic and you need insulin to survive and you're paying monthly subscriptions to all these things that are basically band-aids over bullet wounds rather than treating the root cause of the illness. Yeah, I'm a huge supporter in what you're saying because I believe in this so deeply. Like it's something I'm super passionate about because we don't need those pharmaceutical drugs. The earth can heal us. Our choices heals us. And like you're saying, movement's so essential. Just even on the energetic level, we don't want stagnant energy. We want our energy flowing. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I posted a, a controversial video about like, that for the first time in my life and how we're like normalizing and glamorizing like obesity which just like makes no sense to me because like why are we like people are saying it's about uh what's the word like inclusiveness like including overweight people so that they could be calvin klein models as well but what that looks like to me is like glamorizing shorter shorter lifespans, lower immunities, proneness to stroke, heart attack. Like, why would we want something? Why would we glamorize that? Yeah, I think it's all about the balance. Because like, while I do find a lot of campaigns, um, they create this false sense of reality for many young people growing up who are idolizing like photoshopped yeah. images. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's like two sides of the spectrum. Yeah, there's like unhealthily skinny and like unhealthily overweight. Mm -hmm. Definitely about balance. Yeah. And again, like I love that you said about um, I call it intuitively eating, you know, doing what feels good for your body, not following a trend just to follow it or because you think you need to. It's really like honoring the self and doing what feels best for the self. Yeah. And I feel like one of the problems is that what feels best to people is what feels best in the moment and not for the longevity of their health. So they're, so they're eating something because they're bored and they want dopamine. So they eat something that's stimulating with a bunch of sugar and processed chemicals and they eat that because they're bored. And then 20 minutes later go by, they feel like shit. And then they're looking for another food high, something to stimulate them. And then they eat again. And, it's uh it's just basically filling a void with food some yeah. people it's a disconnection mm -hmm. with the self it's not really eating from an intuitive space but from a space of void mm -hmm. so it's really bridging that gap so that people are aware of the decisions that they're making and are making them mindfully instead of um mindless yeah 
Yeah. Are you guys familiar with uh, the book, You Are the Placebo? No. No. Okay. So it's, it's by Dr. Joe Dispenza. He talks about epigenetics and how we, we, so our genetics, like, don't determine our lives. They contribute to our characteristics, but they don't determine our characteristics. So, like, your, your genetics might contribute to you being overweight, but they're not going to determine you being overweight, right? So, like, we, our, our lifestyle choices, who we surround ourselves with, our thoughts, our lifestyle, our exercises, all constantly changing our genetics. And people would take the easy way out and say, well, I'm overweight because of my genetics. But like, it's literally biologically impossible to be unable to lose weight. Um, like the, so just just for the people out there that hopefully don't get offended and say, like, well, I'm just, just have a slow metabolism. If you're moving and you're intentional and you're only eating food that you deserve to eat is what I like to do. So, like, I, I won't. I'll fast every day until probably like 10, 30, 11 after I work out. And then after I work out and I sweat, I feel like I deserve that food, right? Because I, I, I like, you, you've got to offset everything, right? So if you're not moving at all during your day and you're eating, you're, you have more calories and you burn. So you're just going to constantly be in a surplus and obviously you kind of gain weight. Yeah. And I really love that because it's empowering. It's highlighting how we all make our own personal choices. And again, like we have the power to create whatever reality we want to be living in. So if we want to be healthy in control of our immune system and all of those other factors, it's just about making the choices that are best for us. A hundred, a thousand percent. And it boggles me because I have like 3000 comments on this video of people that are just like saying I'm fat phobic. And I'm like, wait, how am I? I'm just like, I just want people to embody the best version of themselves you know like i have nothing against any type of person but like you have the power to jurisdict your situation you know yeah and i think like those kind of comments that can just be again like deflections and you know avoiding the truth yeah everything's a reflection everything yeah and the more upset you get about something the more true it probably is <laughs> yeah 100 <laughs> percent. how um if you've ever in your life dealt with or like what kind of advice would you give somebody who is dealing with that like not facing the truth so that they're kind of out of their power this like may sound corny but have a, like a long hard stare in the mirror like and look into your pupils i don't know if you guys have ever done this like I've done this on psychedelics multiple times where I like I stare into the mirror and I stare at myself and like the realizations I have are like unprecedented. Uh, but doing it sober works too. Like I'm not I'm not saying you have to be tripping to do it, but <laughs> looking into your like your soul and being completely real with yourself is something that will you, you can't you can only push things under the rug for so long, you know. So just like be brutally honest with yourself and ask yourself, where can I improve at the end of journaling at the end of every day as well. Something super simple where it's like, you just reflect on your day. What could I have done better? Little things where, where could, where can improvements have been made? Just constantly reflecting, constantly improving. Yeah. And going back to the psychedelics, um, how do you feel that psychedelics have enhanced your journey? They're very interesting thing because 
it's like a very gradual increase in like cognition. So it's like the first time I did psychedelics, I was 17. I did acid on an island in Canada. Probably one of the craziest. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. I, I was just like, whatever. Um, so I did that. And then just like everything kind of just looked differently. And there was no like groundbreaking revelations I had in that moment other than like school wasn't for me. That was the one thing I kept thinking about because I was like, why am I going to school? Like, this is not for me. Um, but then I feel like over time, like you just develop a different type of consciousness. Um, and then every time you do it, psychedelics again, you kind of will have another month, two months, three months of more developed awareness. And then every time you do it, it's just like, it's like getting rid of all of your past programming. It's kind of like snow. So like imagine a mountain and people are snowboarding down all these mountains or all these paths and like they're engraving these paths. Um, so consider that like your thoughts, like you're going down these same thought patterns, you're engraving them deeper into your subconscious. And when you do a psychedelic, it's like that whole, that whole mountain gets a fresh sheet of snow, a fresh sheet of thoughts, thoughts that you haven't thought before, new paths, new neural connections that are being made that have never been made before. So it just allows you to think in ways that you've never thought before. And they've definitely changed my life. I haven't done shrooms in like a year because um, I started experiencing depersonalization uh, like a couple months ago. And like, I feel like if I do psychedelics again, uh, you know, just bring that back into my life. And I feel like I'm at the point where like, I practically feel like I'm tripping just by how I think because I'm, I've, I've done them like 10, 15 times. So it's like, I don't really, there will be times where I do it again, but they've definitely, they've definitely set the tone for the rest of my life for sure. Yeah. And do you mind like the depersonalization that you mentioned, did something specific like trigger that or do you know why that arose for you? Honestly, I think it's because I, I did Adderall at a party. And like for the next week after, or it might have been, I did Molly at Ultra uh, for the first time. So it might have been a combination of both of those. Um, and I was just like, I would which is crazy because they're giving Adderall to kids. Like they're just fucking prescribing kids like practical meth. It's, it, like I was, I was prescribed it. I lost like 10 pounds and I didn't have any weight to lose uh, when I was in seventh grade. Totally destroyed my personality. And I was like, yo, like this is like, they're just giving this to kids. Like, what is going on? Um, but I think that's what really caused it for me. And I asked a, a couple of my friends what they do when they experience it, because I feel like anyone who has like some sort of like advanced cognition probably experiences it. Have you guys ever felt depersonalization before? I feel like I have um, after taking um, Molly. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fucking weird weird yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you'll just be sitting here and then like you'll just like zone out and you'll be like is this real and you're just like why am i thinking that like what what just happened but it's a weird feeling and then i asked one of my friends and he was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's like it's like you zoom out it's like you go into third person and you're just like what the fuck is happening <laughs> yeah um, yeah so i asked one of my friends and he was like well just ask yourself what you're feeling right now that makes you that's different than how you normally feel that makes you feel like you're depersonalizing other than your thoughts. So I was like, I guess that's true. Like I'm literally just thinking that I'm depersonalizing. So I'm enhancing this feeling by thinking the feeling. So it's just like reminding yourself that like I'm, I'm creating that reality for myself by thinking it. 
and just kind of like I always remind myself the ability to feel is, makes it all real enough yeah and that reminds me of anxiety like whenever I've experienced anxiety and then I start hyper fixating that I'm experiencing anxiety and I'm like okay this is anxiety it almost enhances it yeah so then I go back to like my affirmations of no I am safe I am grounded and it eases it. It's such a cool ability that our mind has. Like, because even if you are experiencing the anxiety, you can almost like trick yourself out of it. Yeah, that's what the You Are the Placebo book is all about. How basically your thoughts determine everything. Like everything. Just like your your entire, your DNA can change by what you think. And it's I believe like, it. <laughs> it's fucking, Yeah. It's insane because I used to get anxiety too. Like I used to smoke all the time and then I stopped smoking and then I would smoke and I'd get anxiety. I'd be like, oh my God, is my heart going to explode? Which is totally irrational, totally irrational. But when you're high and your heart starts beating, you're like, oh my, oh my God, am I going to have a heart attack? Uh, and then you just fall down that really slippery slope and nothing ever ends up happening. But it's just like important to remind yourself that like, I'm just creating this for myself. If you just breathe and you become an awareness rather than identifying with the feelings, so you're chilling. Yes, and that's such powerful medicine, I feel, because that's really allowing you to step into your power and take control of your exact experience. Yeah, you're the captain of the cockpit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any daily practices that you incorporate that help you on your journey? Yeah, I, I'm pretty ritualistic when it comes to morning routines and nightly routines. Um, so my morning routine, I'll, I'll have my clothes laid out the night before. Uh, so I, that's one less thing that I have to think about in the morning. So it's like I wake up, I put my clothes on, I, I sun my whole body for like a minute, two minutes. Um, and then I'll, I'll journal, just basically say how I'm feeling, how I slept, what I dreamed about. Um, and just allow myself like a couple seconds to breathe and like get some oxygen circulating through my body. Uh, this is all before I check my phone. I try not to check my phone until like I'm at the gym, you know, like I'm like halfway done with my workout, just because like I don't like to let other people's content or like text jurisdict how I feel, how I think uh, in the morning. I want it to be like solely predicated on how I feel and what I'm grateful for. Uh, then I'll go on with my day, and at the end of my day, I'd. Uh, I have a pretty nice night routine where I'll take a bath, I'll meditate in the bath, I'll throw on like a frequency, and then I'll journal and reflect. Um, and then just take a couple deep breaths again. And then the last things I'm thinking before I go to bed every night is gratitude um, for everything, even the little things. It's because whatever you go to sleep thinking, you're basically gonna marinate in your subconscious. So if you go to sleep thinking gratitude, energy, health, You'll wake up feeling those things but if you go to sleep thinking like anxiousness sadness stress you're gonna wake up and feel those things it's so powerful yeah that just clicks something inside of me <laughs> yeah <laughs> because like i do have my practices um but lately like i've been going through a, a change um with my diet so i've been like after i do like my nightly prayer like my form of gratitude um, I start like worrying almost subconsciously about like waking up feeling how I'm going to feel when I wake up. And then the days that I do that, I do wake up like shaky or not feeling well. So like that just like lit the light bulb inside of me. It's like, yeah, when I don't go to sleep thinking that, like I'll tell myself tomorrow I'm going to be healthy. I'm great. 
so that's so cool to like have it be said back and me realize that so thank you for sharing that it's it's crazy because the other day i went to bed like worried about like tiktok and i woke up worried about tiktok and that's when i i went to bed grateful energized i woke up at like 7 15 this morning i was like fuck like let's go i'm ready so it's like it's something you can experiment with and like actually if you're aware and mindful and observe it you'll be like wow like that's some legit shit like that's crazy yeah that's so cool like that's a tool to add we have this thing like a toolbox so whenever we're either experiencing something um in a moment of confusion like we go into our toolbox because we love having these practical easy to implement tools so that's something that'll definitely be added to the toolbox definitely worth it definitely worth it it's changed everything when did you start implementing that or what inspired you or like showed you it honestly just like came with i try to be observant of literally every tiny minuscule thing i do and how it makes me feel um so like i'll just be aware like when i wake up i'll be like mindful of what i did the night before because i'm a big believer in like the quality of your day doesn't start in the morning it starts the night before so I'm always like super mindful about like what was my nightly routine like and what was the quality of my next morning like and just like try to draw conclusions from that. That's really cool. Thanks. Like analytical perspective to how to enhance and improve your everyday life and every moment by being mindful. Exactly. And like every little thing I consume, how does it make me feel whether it's 20 minutes or three hours from the time I consume it? Like how did that make me feel like energy drinks i used to like slug them every morning for like a workout but now they like fuck up my gut microbiome and like give me bloated bloatedness but like why but that was the common theme yeah and when you are um being mindful of your content that you're intaking and things that you're doing because you have such a heavy social media um presence how do you balance your time like when you are on social media or like do you spend a lot of time on socials I have a three hour screen time limit uh, for social media so I usually go over that uh, because I go live often just to connect with people that follow me um but yeah I just have that screen time limit there so I'm constantly being reminded that like yo be intentional about how much time you're spending you gotta like live in the moment you got shit to do like even though it's my business, my life is practically in the metaverse, but uh, I still try not to let it take away from the the beauty of reality. That's nice, because again, it's bringing the balance into yeah. your life. The mindfulness, really. Yeah, and when you're not on the social, since you have like that three hour screen time limit, how else do you like spend your time? Um, so I have pretty much my whole day. I have three whiteboards right here, and I have one where it's like, uh my daily schedule what i do and where it's like so i'll either be doing like deep work so from like noon to four i'm doing deep work for it's either i'm doing something like this or i'm learning spanish or i'm taking calls with clients or i'll be like making one of my courses or reading uh and then from four to five i allow myself just kind of like relax watch a youtube video or two um and then from five to nine i go to jujitsu with my friends so that's like that's like three to four hours where i'm just kind of like in the moment i'm not really on my phone because i'm like practicing uh and then i'll check my phone after that in the car on the way home 
and then nine to ten thirty is like my sacred time where like I try not to let anyone influence me. I love it. Like the structure, it's so great because you're really controlling how you're spending your time. Trying, trying to. Sometimes, some days they life throws curveballs at me. Like yesterday, I went to get my blood drawn uh, just to see like my levels of everything, and it took four hours. I was expecting it to take like thirty minutes. So I just kind of like charged that day to the game and I ended up going to the beach after and then just hang out with my friends after. Cause like some days it's like, like the universe probably just wants me to relax today. So I'm just going to do that. Yeah. You allow yourself the grace and the compassion to go with the flow when things don't go as planned. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so essential to not like burning out or like freaking out. Yeah. The burnouts are real. The burnouts are real. Like, so it's like I've learned that the hard way where I'll go a week and I'll like work my butt off the whole week um and then I won't allow myself a break on the weekend I'll just keep working on the weekend and then the next week like sucks because I'm just like bro like fuck so but I also I've I've also realized like even drinking like one night of the weekend really just like slows down my whole next week like cognitively which is crazy because I used to like party all the time like three four times a week and now it's like I'll even have like a couple of glasses of red wine and I'll just feel my cognitive function not be the same. So it's weird. It's weird. Do you find um, like the urge to drink or like are you getting away from that? Like even though you know how it impacts you? Yeah, I definitely like when I have like a successful week, I definitely feel like drinking uh, just because I live in Miami and Miami's like fucking ridiculous um so the the urge is definitely always there because it feels like a reward um but i'm trying to like find like a different reward other than drinking uh, a healthier alternative that's as fun um but yeah yeah but i'm only 21 so it's like i also try to allow myself to feel that way and like allow myself to experience that thing because i'm not going to do it forever um so i allow myself to like have fun and like fuck up every now and then um because i know i'm not going to drink forever but it, it's just starting to lose it's like fun yeah it's pizzazz yeah like moments serve us for time beings i heavily believe that and then like you start getting the nudges when it's time to continue growing and move on from certain things yeah yeah that's what kind of yeah 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 <laughs> What do you feel that you value now that you once didn't? It's a really good question. Um, I feel like like really deep and intentional like focus. Like I used to not be able to focus on one thing because of all the distractions where I'd like I have so many ideas where I wouldn't get any of them done because I put a little bit of water into each bucket rather than just filling up a whole bucket. Um, so like really deep focus, like an hour and a half to two hours, like no phone and just like really, really working is like you can accomplish so much in that, that amount of time. And it's really developing my patience as well. And do you feel that that also helps out with like the burnout feeling? Yeah, yeah, because then after like two hours, an hour and a half of deep focus, like I allow myself to just lay down and just be like, damn, like I just went hard right there. 
Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, it brings back the idea, like, of um, societal, like, expectations. Because we say that, like, some days we'll be doing, like, a lot of deep inner work or, like, just focusing on something for the business. And then on the outside, it can look like we're not doing anything, you know, like, because we're not, I don't know, like, having all of these great accomplishments that society might value. But then inside, it's like, no, like, we just did a lot. Like, take that breath. Take that moment for yourself. Yeah, it's it's all comparison. It's all relative as well. So it's like, I guess it depends on what the life that you in particular are going for, because what looks like success to you may not look like success at all to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like, I remember when I was in high school, my mid, like one of my teachers told me he wanted to make a million dollars in his lifetime. And that was kind of when I knew I was like, I, this is not, this is not where I want to be, because like, obviously, I want to I want to do like a lot more than that and make like a crazy impact. Um, so it's all relative. So it's like figure. That's why figuring out your purpose and getting clear on what your success looks like is super important because like it's all like successful to compared to who or like successful to me, right? Yeah, and that's a really big concept, like, especially for today's society and, like, our culture. How do you feel that you can um, identify your own personal success and then have the courage to go for that? Hmm. I think it's just about, like, knowing what what the person wants, right? Like, I want, like, a free life, like, truly free, where it's, like, I can have everything I want, like a house on a lake with a boat self-sufficient like a nice house though like a, like a like a nice house where it's like i feel comfortable and proud of myself being there um and i know that that's what that's going to take a fuck ton of work effort time energy on my part so i know that's what i need to do so it's like you need to figure like every individual person needs to figure out what's their end goal look like like where do you want to be when you're 30, 40, 50? What do you want the quality of your kid's life to be? And kind of predicate your right now. Because the life you're living right now is a direct, like a direct byproduct of the effort that you were putting in like two to three years ago. So it's like constantly reminding myself, like I'm doing this right now so I can, like I'm planting seeds so I have a nice tree two, three years from now. Yeah, and I think like something that comes up for me, like hearing you say that is about the time that it takes and having the patience. Like, you know, the idea of the instant gratification has to kind of go out the window because whatever you're working for might take time and not losing the hope or the faith or being discouraged in that time that it takes to grow your dreams. Yeah, instant gratification is a huge thing because we're that's what we're all used to is being instantly gratified where it's like all these kids are asking me how do I become successful how do I make money online it's like they're looking for me to give them like some secret spell where it's going to make them money instantaneously when that's not the case with anything like you have to plant seeds you have to water the seeds every single day in order to actually grow something it's like anything anything that you want like you just have to go all in on it like if you want to start your business drop ship be an influencer like all these things take so much time like you just can't expect to have it happen overnight and you just got to figure out which one you want to do yeah so how do you gain how do you become mindful to gain control of your life and create your life 
like with your um, mindset mentoring? What does that look like for you? Um, well, my mindset mentoring, I basically just like dissect people's situations. I'd like dissect their brain and see like exactly where they're at now, cognitively, spiritually, financially, um, and see where they want to be and basically call out their blind spots and be like, okay, well, here's what you're not doing correctly to get to where you want to be. And here's what you're doing wrong. That's going to hold you back. Um, so it's basically just like doing that to yourself, like really being self-analytical and being like where's my energy going where's my time going because those are the most two most valuable things you have and you have to be intentional about where you put them or else you're just going to stay in the same place yeah and how does spirituality um play a part in like the type of mentorship that you offer um how do you feel that the spiritual journey or the spirituality for somebody plays a role in the life they live um because success is a spiritual game your intentions have to be in the right place um if your intentions are simply just to like make a lot of money while like screwing everybody else, it's not going to work out in the long run because whatever you put out comes right back around. Um, so I always like have people think like, okay, well, what is it that you love and how can you help people doing, doing so at the same time? Um, and just getting your vibration in the right place, intensely important, like understanding vibration and why it's so important and being mindful about how every thought you have is manipulating your vibration. Yeah. And you spoke about um frequencies that you listened to before I think bed, something like that. Um what kind of frequency do you listen to? Um I listen to five twenty-eight the most just because it it hits it hits the spot for me. I know everyone's different. That one and four thirteen. Um but yeah, those are those are my two favorites. Nice. I was curious when you said it earlier. <laughs> so how can someone practice getting their vibration in the right place? What does that look like on a practical level? Affirmating, I guess. Um, really like not identifying with everything that your subconscious throws at you. Realizing that not everything that you think is true. And being mindful about how every thought you have makes you feel. And intentionally affirmating more often i would say yeah and it's such like a mind twist because like you have to know that not every thought that you're thinking is true or reality but you're the one thinking it yeah so (laughs) that one's one's really hard for people to grasp because like you're, you're super easy to convince yourself right yeah, and I feel that the same way because I find that when speaking to people, it's more easy to convince yourself of a fear or of um, a negative thought, a low vibration. So if you have the awareness that you can convince yourself of something like that and actually believe your fear is going to be real, you have the same power to convince yourself of the opposite. So you can just go ahead and do the opposite. Yeah, just being mindful of your subconscious and literally just telling yourself, like, yeah, this is my subconscious just trying to keep me safe, but I'm not going to not going to let it control me yeah so we ask everyone who joins us a few questions and one of those is what does being feel and look like for you Hmm. being wow being's a hard one because being you kind of just like you're just there like you know it's like an intense feeling of presence um 
but you can't really like I, I can't I have a hard time articulating the feeling of presence because you're not like when I'm present like I'm not thinking I'm just there you know it's like I kind of shut my mind off and I just allow myself to observe everything that comes and goes and not cause like I'll tell myself like okay for this time like when I'm meditating I'm just I'm not going to think about anything like I'm not I'm consciously not going to think about anything so everything that does come into my brain is subconscious and it's just I'm just going to let it go so I just like sit there and it's quite peaceful I used to have some sort of resistance towards it because my subconscious and I weren't as good of friends but now we're now we get along pretty well (laughs) how did you build that relationship just by like having those hard conversations with myself and saying like, yo, like you and I are working together. We are not friend and foe. We are, we are a team where it's like you help me, I help you. Um, but there are days obviously where it's like, it gets the best of you. Um, but it's just like, like I said, being mindful, not, it's a slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope and you just have to catch it before you slip. How long would you say that it took you to develop um, your practice to get to where you are today? Um, probably like probably like a, a year and a half, two years. And did that look like constant, like daily meditations or like daily self-talks? I think it just comes down to like trying to pay attention to everything you're thinking about throughout your entire day. Just always asking myself, like, how can I make this thought more productive? How can I not waste any of my time thinking about unnecessary things? And always just trying to redirect my thoughts into a a more productive uh, path. Yeah. And when it comes to, like, the affirming, saying your affirmations and, like, thinking these thoughts, um, I always say, like, there's a fine line between, like, affirming something over and over and creating a false sense of reality and like using that affirmation as almost like an excuse kind of for like, yeah, I'm affirming it, I'm affirming it, but like you don't necessarily believe it. Yeah, it's all about belief. How do you um, recognize like the internal belief and the internal feeling connection to the words you're affirming? Um, There's a really good quote where it goes, live in the feeling of the wish already granted. So like living in like the feeling of it, like, the wish fulfilled rather than like hoping it happens or wanting it to happen like live in the feeling of it like if it's like getting a new car like imagining that feeling of you driving it like your hands on the steering wheel how the leather feels how fast cars what it sounds like the more specific you can get like the better yeah it's like the law of attraction it's all about like visualizing feeling and really like feeling it that you believe you're already in that reality Mm mm-hmm 100%. Is that, um, like, do you practice manifestation? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Most of it just comes down to gratitude. When I'm manifesting things, I just express my gratitude, like, knowing with 100% confidence that the things that I'm wanting are already mine. I just have to be patient and keep working. Yeah. And did you always... Like, as far as you can remember, did you always kind of have those feelings inside of you or did you build up to them? 100%. I remember when I was like 16 or 17, I was at the gym and I saw this like 
new new BMW that this guy had, and I would tell myself, I'd be like, I have no idea when I'm gonna have one of those, but I'm gonna have one. And now I do. So it's uh, just that un unconditional belief in yourself. Yeah, and believing like I love calling that magic. It's like really believing the magic you create for yourself. Practically is. Yeah. And if there was one takeaway that you would love our listeners to take with them after listening to this episode, what would that be? Don't let convenience be the thief of optimal health. That's a powerful one. Yeah, just try not to like, like, I'm hungry, there's this on the way, there's that on the way, like, likely don't need food. Like, it's likely not a survival situation, is what I'm saying. Like, you can probably wait till you get home and cook up some fucking whatever it is. Yeah. It's, to me, like, that brings up working, like, with the ego, building a better relationship with the ego. Um, and, like, the truth, our, our mm-hmm. inner truth, and not giving energy to the lies that we may be telling ourselves that are being generated through the ego. And that instant gratification as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that you have a like good relationship with your ego? Do you identify with your ego? Yeah, I'm always working on it, though. Like, I try to just, like, I don't even quite understand what the ego is. Like, it's such a crazy concept. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to learn more about it. But it's like, a, it's like an ever-evolving thing. Yeah. Have you experienced death of your ego? I I don't. I honestly don't know. I maybe. And this one time I did two tabs of acid, and I was really like scared. Like I was like, it was very, very, very overwhelming. Where it was like I had no sense of self. Where I was like, uh, yeah, so probably. Yeah, and there's so many layers to it. It looks different for everybody. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Well, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, can We'll include all your information in our show notes, but can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, uh, my Instagram, all my socials are just Alex Sedlak, S-E-D-L-A-K. All right, great. Great. Thank you for joining us and many blessings to you on your journey. Right back. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank Thank you for joining us. Of course. Enjoy your guys' day. You too. Thank you for listening. Continue flowing in your own space by simply being. If this resonated with you and you feel called, please be sure to follow us, like, and share. Until next time, wherever you go, give yourself space space to to flow. work like you can not go to work and just spend your whole day just thinking about your thoughts you know what I mean yeah but how do you bring balance to you know living this life exactly and I think what he said about how he outlines his day helps bring in that balance because his day is not consumed by distractions is very intentional so I think that's a really useful and insightful tool 
yeah I agree the structure and like when he said it I was like wow three whiteboards you know like to lay out how he wants his day to go but it's really good that he has the intention for that and then also allows space for like if life comes with different things like he flows with it yeah um because I was thinking for myself I'm like how can I bring like more structure because I really just be going with the flow you know like I wake up and I don't even know what the day is gonna look like and what I gather too from the conversation is that like you know he really lives in his masculine space and that helps um catapult him forward in the sense of like structure productivity he does have an aspect of femininity to him as well Mm -hmm. but that's the polarity difference that exists with the way we live our lives and the way he does so it's really beautiful because it allows taking like tools and aspects of that way of living that can help bring more balance into our lives and helping achieve what we desire yeah like because while and that was something that i was thinking throughout the conversation it's like you do create your reality but you don't focus on the future because the future doesn't exist like all of that exists is right now in this very moment so like how do you work towards creating your reality for the future for like future you to experience without taking it away from the present moment and then when he said like um what you're doing right now will come to you like i think he said three years later like something like that it's like yeah and as long as you're being true like this is what i arrived to by the end of the convo it's like as long as you're being true and in the moment and like your moment what you want reality to look like can shift at any moment right Mm -hmm. but as long as you're being true in that moment like that's what's going to continue that spiral again it goes back to like there's no linear structure it's that ever-evolving spiral of life yeah and (laughs) he outlined it well in the sense of like just being here in the now but what he how he utilizes the now is really what i took away as beneficial to help create the future without thinking of the future by knowing that how we are cultivating the present moment is what's going to create the life that we desire in the future yes that's exactly what i was feeling inside (laughs) like that's where i arrived to because during the beginning i was like yeah like i can't be thinking of the future like worrying about that yeah but it's like no you're doing it simultaneously Mm -hmm. and that was a huge takeaway for me too like the value of how all possibilities exist in the now and utilizing the now to create the next now you know yes it's you think of it's it deep. yeah like i find like if i'm listening to you say that and if i like go into it it can be like wait a second what but yeah. like if i just feel it without the mind like i'm feeling those words like the vibration of the words with my heart i understand it yeah it's definitely like an understanding concept and it's not part of the logical brain as much as it is like a feeling because getting into the logical brain can put me back into like okay let me plan for the future like this is what i want for the future like i'm doing this while because of what i'm thinking about what i want in the future and it's like removing that and it's like separating from the linear aspect of thinking about the future and knowing that that doesn't exist and it's irrelevant because if we don't cater to the moment in the best ways that we can by being mindful aware then the future that we aspire is not going to be yeah but like what surfaces as like a random thought you know is like 
people who plan for their future in the sense of like having a 401k or retirement you know, like you. <laughs> no, because. <laughs> no, it's not you. I've been holding this in since like the beginning. <laughs> oh my God. Because I feel that like some people take certain jobs. It comes to mind a lot for like city workers mm-hmm. um, or any jobs that have like a good pension. People take these jobs planning for their future. They don't want to be doing that job. Like yeah. they hate their job. But they're only doing it because they're planning for that 401k or pension at the end. So it's like, how does that even work? You know, like how can, because always my goal is like, how can society like implement these things to be free and live in the now? But people who are so like programmed to believe or like who worry about the future, how can you ever begin to understand the concept? Like, oh no, like don't plan for that. Like if you're planning the now, like if you're in the now, like you're gonna secure your future yeah it can be confusing it's a mind fuck honestly yeah like it's something to be deeply felt more than it is to make logical sense of it and i think that there's like a deep sense of trust that's needed because it's like if you don't have that trust then the scarcity lives within and then because that scarcity lives within that's the frequency that you're going to be attracting and then yeah your future might not be secure because you didn't fully believe yeah and it's trusting in the self most uh, most importantly and trusting in something higher than ourselves if that's something that you know is part of someone's practice but it's really also knowing the value that we have to offer in the now and like really valuing our potential you know like ourselves and knowing that like we are powerful and capable to cultivate the world that we aspire to exist in yeah and that begins here right now yes and bringing it back to like what alex had said in the convo it's like evaluating what success for the self is Mm -hmm. you know like it's breaking free of the success that's been um put upon us yeah that's major i think like there's so many steps to take you know like again like in that spiral motion there's so many awarenesses to arrive at to really help free the mind and the heart and it all begins right here right now being intentional being aware um, and knowing what it is that we desire and realizing where some of the achievements that we aspire for ourselves where the root is you know like is it really our true desire or are we are we living from a brainwash that has been put upon us that we have to focus on securing our future but it's like who even knows what the you future... don't know if you'll be alive in five minutes yeah you know <laughs> literally so it's such a wild concept and it could almost like make me want to like speak on a loudspeaker yeah you know I, I get that feeling too because it's like it's that wanting people to be free like and i love like he said like his goal is like living a free life and i feel that because it's like yes you know living a free life might look different for everybody um because like i could live that free simple life you Mm -hmm. know but it's really like allowing everybody to experience that and like knowing that they're deserving of that you know they're not necessarily born to work they're not born to go to school for eight hours a day or whatever and then go to college and go into a nine-to-five job or even an overnight job you know like there's so many things that that's not real 
And we co-sign these things by feeling that we have no other choice. Comfortability. Yeah. And secure, a full sense of security. Yeah, 100%. It's so deep and it can be really shattering to the ego self to really face these concepts wholeheartedly and fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be overwhelming. And all one can do is focus in the here and now and ask the self the questions that Alex posed to himself that... Um, catapulted him on his journey yeah i think those questions were really good and bringing it back again like to the intention it's so much self-discovery as opposed to just going with like oh yeah this is what i'm supposed to do even though i hate it i'm gonna do it yeah and it's a lot to do um especially wanting to not be ostracized from our friend groups our family um, society yeah and really saying yes to our truth even if it means like moving through feelings of scarcity of lack of uncertainty of the future like of loneliness yeah isolation like Mm -hmm. the future is so uncertain and all we have is the now so that's all yeah like when you jump into those feelings then like he mentioned he receives so much and i find like that is such a common thing because the level of trust i think it takes Mm -hmm. to get you over that level of fear you know like you are definitely rewarding you're you're deserving of a reward once you take that leap um and also something else that came up just now is like the idea of the adderall giving um to children yeah you know like still part of like that agenda and the programming it's like you know the earth we can go to the natural medicine maybe that child doesn't need adderall maybe Mm -hmm. they're just not conforming to that school setting or whatever reason that they're being put on it you know yeah i mean like look at alex like he was put on adderall as a child now he takes it being older more aware and realized how detrimental it was to Mm -hmm. his way of being and he's able he's been able to cultivate the life that he desires for himself without needing these pharmaceutical drugs yeah not accepting like being labeled and defined by something that was put on him probably just as a money-making tool you know like it goes so deep it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) that it does (laughs) it goes so deep and know that we are here with you and i know that this can be so overwhelming but it is so worth it. It's so fruitful to live in honesty with yourself and not have any resentment or concern of what could have been your life if you just take taken the leap. Because yeah. what's the worst that can happen anyways? You fall and get right back up again. Exactly. I mean, that's life anyways. Mm-hmm. So it might as well fall doing something that you aspire to to that you aspire for yourself yeah give yourself the opportunity and it's like always asking yourself what is my intention in this very moment here in the now yeah and you'll fall forward and it's a beautiful thing to be able to fall because it means that you took the courage and now you have lessons that you can carry with you to Mm -hmm. help catapult you even further You'll just be spiraling upward, like Corey said. Hey, shout out to brother. (laughs) (laughs)